Wednesday night was good. Was a good turnout and a really good rising of, uh, of faith for those. Uh, there were a number of, must have been 25 uh, people along here. And uh, there was a little, while I was sitting there, somebody mentioned the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, she, she keeps coming up. And I kind of wanted to chip in, but I thought I've got a chance to do this anyway. So I, I, I'm going to chip in this little bit now. Um, I'm going to read the passage. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought or because she said to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. Thank God, hallelujah. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned round in the crowd and asked, who touched me? I see the crowd, people crowding around you, the disciples said, you know, how can you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it, and then he saw the woman, or the woman who, or rather, the woman knowing what had happened, uh, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And there were reasons why she may have had that reaction. He said to her, daughter, your faith has, your faith, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Did Jesus know who had touched him? Was he putting on? Did he know who had touched him? He didn't know who had touched him. Okay. Did the woman get healed? Okay, the woman got healed. Was she healed before or after Jesus knew who she was? She was healed before. Okay. So just want to underline the point that Drew said, well, does Jesus decide whether or not you qualify before he is ready to release his healing to you? I was just to open my eyes to that. Yeah. Is there anyone Jesus refused to heal? No. Is there anyone Jesus made ill? No. When the crowds came to him, how many of those needing healing actually got healed? Exactly, yeah. Is Jesus willing to heal you? When will Jesus do everything necessary to heal you? He already has. That's right, yes. So we've, we've read in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, we've read in 1 Peter 2, 24, you know, by whose stripes you have been healed. You have already been healed. The power has been released. Praise be to God. We were, we've been made new creations. We are, we are no longer the people we were. It's not our body that's changed. It's not our mind that's changed. It's our spirit has been changed. Um, Jesus has has died and put his will into effect for us and we have his inheritance and part of that healing and part of the atonement is the healing that he's released and made available to us. So, yeah. Uh, three weeks ago, before uh, Rob started us on our healing journey, we were invited to stand up if we needed healing. Um, and a number of us stood up and afterwards, we were invited to testify uh, if we had been healed. 
Um, and so, so uh, we didn't all feel that we'd immediately received healing. If we've prayed for healing and we don't instantly feel better, does that mean... Does that necessarily mean that healing hasn't taken place or that healing won't take place? No. Okay. We want to see instantaneous healing. I would like to go through, uh, forward in a meeting and, uh, and have you know, a bit of magic wand prayer actually and it happens right then and there. And I know it does. I've seen it happen. Thanks be to God. I've, been, you know, I've, I've had people being healed through me, and I could give testimony for that. Um, yeah, I'd be lying instead of it. Always, it, it always happened. But it, it does happen. But it doesn't always happen like that. So I, I remember, for example, uh, once I was on uh, an outreach in South Woodford with a church that I used to belong to uh, a while ago. <laughs> um, and uh, as part of the outreach, I um, was witnessing to a guy and prayed because prayed for his shoulder. He said he had a frozen shoulder. Um, so I prayed for him and asked him afterwards, you know, how is the shoulder now? And, uh, well, you know, still the same. Okay, that was disappointing. Um, I happened to meet the same guy again a week later and talked to him and asked, asked him again, how was his shoulder? Said, oh, my shoulder's fine. He said, actually, I'd had that for 18 months. I'd had, you know, real problems with my shoulder for the last 18 months, you know. But it's absolutely fine now. Well, praise God. Okay? But if I hadn't have actually run into him a week later, I'd never have known. Okay? So God was at work. God, God was healing. And God does that. I, um, one of the, the healings which is kind of significant in my life is only, you'll think, oh, well, it's only a really little thing. I have Verrucas. Uh, on, on one of my foot, and uh, my foot was like a sponge in one place. It was horrible, and it really hurt to walk on. Uh, it's a few years ago, and I was with a class, and I used to take the class swimming regularly, and so, you know, I put this Veruca sock on, and I wasn't able to go in the water and stuff like that. Um, and I prayed and wasn't healed, and, and I prayed, and, you know, I, I didn't receive healing. But I... Over the period of that time, I read a little book by Kenneth Hagen called What Faith Is. And as I was reading it, he said, Look, faith is now, and if it's not now, it's, it's hope. And he said, it's, uh, and he made the point, it's regardless of your feelings, it's regardless of what you see, it's are you taking it by faith? Do you have faith after you've got healed? Because if you have faith after you've got healed, is that actually faith? You don't need faith after you've got healed. Okay, so if you've got faith, you've got to have faith before you've got healed. You've got to have faith to receive that healing. So um, I basically was persuaded by the, by the book that what you need, to, you need to make a quality decision. You are healed. Jesus released that healing already. Um, and so I thought, right, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to stand on that. And I've just realised the danger of handing me the microphone first, actually, Rob. I do beg your pardon, mate. Um, uh, so, to, to come to the end of that story, at least. Um, no, my foot didn't look any better after it. 
I know my foot didn't feel any better uh, immediately after it, but I thought, well, I, Jesus said I'm healed. By his stripes, I already have been healed. This foot is healed. I didn't, you know, kind of like, right, right, I've decided before I even, whatever happens, that foot is healed. And uh, it didn't particularly look a great deal better for a couple of days. But by, by a week, 10 days, it had completely, it had completely gone. Went back to the pool, and uh, the woman said, well, you haven't got your Veruca sock on. I said, it's okay, it's healed, look, you know. She said, how did that get healed so quickly? As far as she's concerned, I've had it for months. Okay? But it had come through in a few days after I'd prayed. It wasn't instantaneous, but I did get healed right then and there. I received my healing right then and there, and it worked through. Okay? And sometimes it's, it's like that. Um, skip, 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 skip. Yeah, I, I would like to have read the passage in uh, Romans 4, 17 to, uh, to 21. It's about Abraham. Basically, Abraham, uh, when he was given the promise of God, and it's, it wasn't for healing, and it didn't take place straight away, but it comes to the point where he said he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. He had to face the fact. There were facts in his, in his circumstances which were contrary to the promise of God. He had to face those facts, and you know what, but you are faithful to do what you have promised, and that is above and beyond the circumstances and the condition that's going on here. So he, he had God's word, he believed God's word, he considered that the, the contrary circumstances, do you know what, you know, yes, well, yeah, I, I'm, I, I, I am that old, and, and yes, this doesn't seem to be happening, but God has promised, and it's going to happen anyway. He held fast to the promise of God, and basically that's what our faith is. And he gave praise to God for it. Um, I wanted to mention the, 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 the fig tree as well. I'm just going to say this very briefly. You know, Peter says uh, the next morning as they were going along, oh, look, the fig tree's withered, you know. How did that happen? You know, well, you know, Jesus spoke to it yesterday. But we read it had withered from the roots up. It had withered it had died, and that's the way, <laughs> that would be the way to kill it, wouldn't it? Okay? If the stump's in the ground, yes, it might come back to life, okay? but it had gone completely. Okay? It had gone place in the ground in a place where you wouldn't actually see the, the death in this case taking place, where you wouldn't see the outworking at first. It took a while to see the outworking, but when his word went out, that was when the change took place, in a nutshell. Um, I also wanted to say this, excuse me, but we are on a journey, so we are going to be making progress, we are going forward, and it's not all going to come at once. There are some healings that might appear quite quickly, there are some healings within us as a church, things that have been going on for a long time, but we've heard testimony this morning from Heather, we know that there are, there are things that might take place over time. We are in a journey, but we're also in a battle. We have to contend for our healing. I think particularly at this time, we have to contend for our healing because we're in a place where, as a church, in fact, in, in this culture, in this area, I don't think we're used to believing and uh, you, you know, that, that healing's going to... Sometimes it might happen. Sometimes it doesn't. You never know with God. You don't know whether or not this is going to happen. You see, some people get healed and some people don't get healed. And, you know... Um, 
I believe the word of God that we've heard is very clear that actually he sent forth his word and healed them, that, that he's, sent, he's given his word to us and his word doesn't return to us void. The word is clear. The stance in the word is absolutely clear. The fact that he said it, that it's, it's right there in Isaiah and then in Matthew he said, look, this just shows you what Isaiah was talking about. It's actually, and it's about healing. It's about real physical healing. The people came to him and they were all healed. This is the fulfillment of what Isaiah said. So the word of God is really, really consistent and clear that it is the will of God for us to be healed. But we have to contend, uh, we have to contend for that. So health and healing are our promised land. They are part of our inheritance. There are giants in the promised land. Now, God didn't tell them that at first when they came to the promised land. He didn't tell there were giants there. He didn't mention the enemies in the fortified cities at first. He didn't change the promise of God that they were going to go in and have that land, land flowing with milk and honey, a land flowing with not just food, <laughs> not just food, but, uh, but, but Marks and Spencer's food, you know, a land flowing with the best. He didn't mention the iron chariots, okay? Um, But he did, uh, he did promise that, uh, that he would be with them. Uh, Caleb's, I haven't got, uh, let's see. Caleb basically testified, you know, that the, this territory is ours. Rahab mentioned uh, when the spies went into the land, the two spies, the second time, went in. Look, our hearts have melted within us. We know that this is your land. We've seen what you've done. To, to, our, our, the, to the enemies and those, those round about. Our hearts inside here are melting with fear. Right. The, 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 we're up against some, frankly, we're up against some demonic opposition. I don't think that should be all that scary now. I think we begin to realize that we've got authority over the demons and actually they are just, they are, they're created beings. They're not the major threat that we've always built them up to be. Okay? And we can take that land. Okay? There are, there are battles to fight, but we can, we can fight and we can overcome. It is an exceedingly good land. If God is pleased with us, he will certainly bring us into this land and give it to us. It's actually, it's ours. This is what Caleb was saying, but this is ours. You know, we, the Lord will build the church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. But we have to persist. We have to take a stand. Um, but we belong to those who... Do not shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. So I believe, yeah, we've, we've, we've got, uh, there, there is battle ahead of us, but we can do this because God is with us. Yeah, and we'll see more and more victory in this. Thank you, Anthony. I'd like to talk a little bit about how to administer healing and how to receive healing. And this is all just going to be based on the Word of God. Um, how do we administer healing? Well, that really depends on, on your understanding. There is a verse that Anthony just alluded to. Uh, which is Matthew 8, 16 and 17. 
You've seen these before, haven't you? But uh, it's the fulfillment of Isaiah 53. When evening came, you know, many who were demon-possessed um, were brought to, brought to Jesus, uh, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. So notice the word fulfill. What Jesus did fulfilled uh, that prophecy. Uh, the same with this one, which you have uh, also seen us talk about, which is in 1 Peter, it says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And as Anthony pointed out, it's past tense because Peter recognised this has now been fulfilled. Okay. Jesus, at some point, gathered his disciples and he sent them out. And in sending them out, it says he gave them authority to heal every disease, cast out demons, amongst other things. So here's a question, and uh, I apologise for the repeat if you were there on Wednesday. Was that authority given just to those apostles, or is that authority also for us? Thank you. <laughs> I believe it's for us. If we think it was just for them, you could also say, why do we preach the gospel, really? Because the same instructions uh, were given to them. Jesus said, uh, uh, he, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of every nation. I see what Jesus said to those 12 disciples, and I believe that that authority that he gave them has also been given to us because of the fulfilment of the promises of the Messiah in Jesus. Also, in Mark 16, it says, these signs will follow those that believe, not just the ones that he happened to send out on that occasion, but those who believe. The qualification was believing. Uh, in John 14, and you've heard this one before, uh, Jesus says that anyone who believes in me will do the things I've been doing. And this is in the context, he's, in the previous sentence, he's just been talking about the miracles that he's been doing. And he says, anyone who believes in me will do the things that I have been doing. The qualification is believing, that believers can uh, be partakers in this ministry. And so... We're coming from the point of view, when we decide how do we administer healing, we're coming from the point of view of, as Anthony said, Jesus has already done it. And when we say, uh, you, you say, I am already healed, I'm, um, we're not talking about not calling a spade a spade. Um, we're not talking about you know, somebody saying, I'm healed and it's just a pretend game. We're talking about the status, really. We're talking... Uh, about the fact, recognising that Jesus has already done everything uh, that needs doing. And it's for us, therefore, to obey him and, and take hold of that which he's given us. Uh, I used this illustra illustration a few days ago. In this building, we have a, a contract with an electricity company. And 
the contract is to provide us with power. And it means that that power is now always available. And if we want to switch the lights on, what we don't do is phone up the electricity company and say, um, excuse me, uh, we've got a contract with you. Um, we, need, we need some power right now. Um, please, could you provide the power? Now, if you actually manage to get hold of anybody, a real person, on the end of that phone, which is very unlikely, then they would say, what are you talking about? We've already provided the power. The power is there. You're connected. You just need to turn the light switch on. And that's what we do. And that's what we find works. Someone asked me on, on Wednesday a uh, very good question. So in that analogy, and there is obviously a danger in taking analogies too far, always, but in that analogy, what's the contract? Um, and what's the switch? Good question. So I had, a, had to think about that one. Drew fortunately helped me out with a, <laughs> an answer on the spot. But the contract is, is it not the new covenant? Is it not the promises of God? Is it not the fact that Jesus has already paid the price? What's the switch? Well, I think the switch is administering healing and it's commanding and it's receiving by faith. Um, Peter understood this when he uh, encountered a, uh, a beggar at the temple gate and he said to him, Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have, I give to you. He said, it's what I have. He already knew that, that the power had been released through what Jesus had achieved. So, how did, what did Jesus do in the way that uh, he administered healing? Well, he often spoke a word. Uh, for example, I am willing, be healed. Or, you can go, your daughter is well. It was often just a word. I'll give you a, a longer example uh, of that a bit later on. Um, he also used his hands. Um, so he touched uh, the person in normally in the area in which they're afflicted. For example, uh, Peter cut off the ear of the, high, <laughs> of the servant of the high priest. And Jesus touched the ear and, and healed it. That must have been a shock, both the cutting and the healing. <laughs> uh, he would touch somebody's ears if they, they were deaf or touch their eyes, and sometimes he would touch their hand. Uh, and sometimes he would lay hands on people. So he used physical touch. <clears throat> You're not going to like this one. Three times he used spit. <laughs> but I'm not recommending that unless you have a very clear revelation this is the way to go about it. Here's an example. He, he spat and made a, uh, with the dust and made a clay and put it on a man's eyes and then he said, uh, go and wa wash in the pool. Um, and the man did that and he, and he got healed. What, what about the, the disciples and all the believers in the Acts? What did they do? Well, they spoke the healing. Um, once when Paul saw a place called Lystra, I believe, 
he, he saw a man and, who had been crippled and from birth and said he saw that he had faith to be healed and so he said, stand up on your feet, and the man did. He also laid hands uh, on, on people, or the disciples <coughs> laid hands on people. And here's another example is um, they might take someone by the hand. I've just completed a survey looking at 81 different passages in the New Testament, just in the Gospels and Acts, actually, uh, about how was healing administered. And I looked in, in, every, in every case, I was looking for who initiated it, whose faith was involved, what was the action that took place. And... One thing that is, was quite amazing to me, the well, first one is that there were 81 passages to look at. This is such a major part of New Testament uh, teaching and accounts and demonstration that this is not uh, a subject that we can or should easily ignore. Um, out of the 81 accounts in the Gospels, the other thing that struck me, uh, which was really surprising, there was not a single time when anybody was instructed to or actually did pray for the person. Is that a shock to you? Um, it was surprising how little prayer appears in those narratives. Uh, they tended to use those other methods that I uh, mentioned earlier. Now, prayer is mentioned in just a few accounts. So, for example the account of Lazarus being raised from the dead, uh, Tabitha, the, who's also known as Dorcas, who was also raised from the dead. And on the island of Malta, uh, there was the official's father who was suffering from dysentery. And it says that Paul went in there and after prayer, then he laid hands on him and healed him. Uh, similarly with with uh, Tabitha, Peter went in, he prayed, and then he went and took, uh, took the woman uh, uh, and raised her. The only time when actually a prayer uh, associated in this way is actually recorded is, is when Jesus raised Lazarus from the death. And what did he pray? Uh, he prayed. Well, first thing he did, actually, was to, to make provision for it. So he said... Can you move the stone out of the way? So he got ready. The grave was prepared. <laughs> and then he, he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He'd obviously prayed uh, before. And he said, I, I thank you. You always hear me. And I'm only saying this so that everybody else can have faith and believe that you sent me. And then he says, Lazarus, come out. And he did. <laughs> um. I'm not, I don't want to uh, do prayer down. I'm, <laughs> please don't understand, I'm not saying prayer is not valuable. Um, prayer can be very important in, uh, in us seeking God for healing. Uh, an example, for example, was uh, Smith Bigglesworth when he was called to a particular area. He might spend some quite a long time praying, seeking God, saying, Lord, how do you want me to go about doing this? This person is, like, really sick. They've been like this for a long time. He wouldn't necessarily just rush in and, 
and heal them. He would actually you know, spend some time, sometimes two or three days in a particular area, praying uh, about something. Sometimes, other times, he would actually just go in straight away. So prayer seems to pr- play a part in what I'd call pre-prayer. Um, it's, it's kind of preparation. Maybe it's thanking God. Maybe it, it's um, conditioning your, your own faith in doing it. There is also an instruction in James 5 to uh, call for the elders to lay hands on you in the prayer of faith will make you well. And if I've got time, I will uh, show you that one as well. It's not a formula, as you can tell. There were lots of different ways in which the disciples, in which Jesus administered healing. Um, this is a, the way I think of it is it's, what's important, it's not what you say, it's what you know. <laughs> in other words, there is not a particular way that you have to, uh, words that you have to say. There's not necessarily a prayer that you have to have said before. The most important thing is what you understand Jesus has already achieved. And if you understand that Jesus has, has already done everything necessary, then uh, that will affect the way that you pray. And personally, if, uh, you know, if you came to me and said, would you stand with me uh, in prayer? I need to be healed of something. I believe that, that God will heal me. Then I will kind of agree with you. I, I, will, I will say some, something like, thank you, Lord, that you have made every provision for us for healing. Thank you that, this, uh, uh, that we believe uh, that you are, you are going to um, bring healing about and we are going to see it. That's, you know, that's just personally where I'm at at the moment. Um, I don't, personally, I don't pray because I, f- I feel like um, I'm asking for something that God has already given. I'm not saying it's always invalid to pray, but I'm just saying that's my revelation uh, at the moment. What about how to receive healing? Um, Similar kind of ideas, really. Um, I think obedience to a command was sometimes necessary. For example, uh, Jesus encountered ten lepers, and he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest, and as they went, they were healed. Uh, There was a man brought to him, lowered down through a roof on a stretcher, and the Jesus said to him, son, your sins are forgiven. And then later he said, get up and walk. And the man could have just said, no, I can't. (laughs) Uh, But he actually got up and did exactly what Jesus said. There is a kind of response that we we need to, uh, I guess, to receive. You've got to respond uh, to receive. Here's an interesting story in John 4. Uh, There was an official whose son was sick in Capernaum, and this took place in Cana, in fact. So he was a little distance away. And he heard that Jesus was in the area, so he came and he begged Jesus to come and heal his son. He said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. Notice the next line. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. 
And while he was still on the way, the servants met him with the news that the boy was living. Uh, when he inquired as to the time his son got better, they said to, said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. That was actually, the, and it goes on to say, that was the exact time that Jesus had said, go. So the, the man uh, took Jesus at his word. And we need to do the same thing. We've showed you quite a lot of scriptures in, uh, in all of this teaching. And we need to focus on that, on the word of God, and not focus on other things, but let's keep that as our focus. Um, there are lots of voices that shout at us. Okay, there, so if we ha have... Uh, we have looked to God for healing, we've agreed with somebody... I believe that my healing is, is available and I'm, I'm waiting to see it. I'm waiting for this pain to go in my knee. That's not me, that's just an example. <laughs> right now, I don't have a pain in my knee. <laughs> uh, so the, what are the voices that are shouting us? There might be a physical one. There's a twinge in the knee. There might be emotional ones, the way that you feel. There are what people say, and there's our mind that can start reasoning away against the word of God. You know, it says in Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is an ongoing process for all of us. And there are parts of our mind that are renewed, and there are parts of our mind that are not yet re renewed. And the unrenewed part of it uh, can be starting to say, well, you know that's never going to happen, don't you? And uh, have you ever seen it before? <laughs> you know, have you... <clears throat> you know that last time you prayed for somebody, you know, that, that didn't happen. We need to keep our focus on what the Word says, not on past experience. Um, if we focus on that, then I believe we will see God doing what he says he does, because God is not a liar. Um, Adding to that list of voices, um, I, I guess I could put it all, lump it all together, it's Satan. Satan is going around accusing us because he's the accuser. Uh, we need to filter out all of those and just focus on what has God said. Speak out the faith and the word, just like Jesus did when he was accused or tempted uh, in, by the devil in the, in the desert. His response was not to get into an argument, it was just to say, it is written. He had utmost confidence in the word of God. Okay. We need to avoid like two extremes. We might find that it, it, if something doesn't happen straight away, don't respond by saying, I guess I'm not healed then. Because people miss out because they give up too quickly. That's not faith. If you start saying, oh, I guess I'm not healed, I'll give up on that idea. That's not faith. The other extreme is to say, oh, it'll happen when it happens. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's like waiting for England to win the World Cup. Um, it might happen sometime, but who knows? Um, both of those extremes are, 
are actually born out of unbelief and not faith in God. Okay, so we need to, we need just to be faithful uh, in focusing on what God said. Um, some people uh, have said to me, well, you know, how, how are we going to help people who are not healed? How are we going to help people while they're waiting for their healing? Um, and my advice would be really, um, don't assume that you're going to have a long wait. Why should you? Out of those 81 uh, uh, narratives that I looked at, then nearly all of them were instant or nearly instant. There are some examples, as we've said, of, of a more gradual healing, but an awful lot of them were, were instant. Um, on Friday, can you imagine Gareth South, Southgate getting his players together and saying, look, guys, um, so we've got a game coming up. Um, it's, 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 it's a bit of a tough one. You're a good side, but look, let's face it, you know, it's Malta. They've been working hard, and I think we're going to have to face up to the fact you're probably going to lose. Um, and what I want to do is I want to prepare you um, to lose. I want to prepare you so that you'll know how to handle defeat. Now, any manager who talks to his side like that will not be successful. <laughs> uh, and Malta's coming up quite a lot in this talk, isn't it, actually? <laughs> so, um, please, no offence uh, to those with, uh, Mal of Maltese descent. They were pretty good, actually, on Friday, I think. But um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, keep your focus on the word of God, um, not on, on past experience. Um, what are the different methods by which we can receive prayer? Or we can... Uh, well, first of all, you can agree in prayer with somebody. I've already talked about that a little bit. Um, another option is to do what it says in James 5, where it says, um, well, let's have a quick look at that one, actually. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Um, that's an option. God has, uh, has given us lots of options for, for receiving healing. But you can just know that healing belongs to you. You don't actually need anyone else. It's great if you can, and if I was sick, I would be asking someone to stand with me in it and say, can we believe together for this? Um, but you can, uh, you can just stand in faith. Um, the woman who had suffered the bleeding that Anthony talked about uh, it was her own faith was enough. Uh, and yet there are other people that Jesus healed, and it was by Jesus' faith alone. For example, the, the man by the pool that he, he picked out and said, Would, do you want to be healed? And then he said, uh, pick up your mat and walk. I believe that. With, somebody asked the, the other day, you know, whose faith is it? Uh, is it the person praying, or is, is it the person administering the healing, or is it the person receiving healing? Uh, ideally, it's both. Uh, but not, it, you know, it doesn't always have to be the case. And if we're praying, for, for example, for 
uh, for somebody on the street, uh, it might be your own faith that's going to be the most key thing. Um, if you're able to have faith, I think faith will be expected. That's my view on it at the moment. I can't back that up from, except from just looking at all, the, all those different healings that happen in the New Testament. That's it. I'm going to pray very briefly. So, Lord, we commit that to you. Um, we thank you so much for all that you've given us. We thank you for those precious promises and that you have done amazing things that, uh, that mean that we can seek you for not only for salvation but also for healing. And we thank you that you have paid the price and that victory has been won. Amen.